When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to the Fenway Rundown. This is Mass Labs Red Sox podcast, and I'm, as always, I'm your host, Chris Cotillo, joined, as I frequently am, by my co-beat writer, Chris Smith. A lot to unpack. It's been a while since we've done one of these, and that's just kind of the uh, the nature of the beast in the middle of the season. And we're back to traveling all over the place, and uh, but it's good to catch up on an off day, on a Thursday off day with the Red Sox sitting at, I believe, 30 and 20 is the record, and, and it seems like, you know, for the last few weeks, uh, ever since they were coming off that nine game winning streak they in my mind have just been kind of stuck in neutral they've been playing fine they've had their pretty good moments but now they've been passed they're no longer in first place in the american league so welcoming chris smith 30 and 20 at the 50 game mark i'm sure you know better than we would have anticipated at this point but uh it seems like since that winning streak we've seen some warts start to emerge and um the red sox have lost some winnable games here you know, you look at it, and I think they were, what, 7-10 uh, and 10 when uh, they had won 7 of the last 10 when the, the Rays had taken over first place. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the Rays obviously, you know, they were hot. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they what did they win, 10 straight? So uh, that, 11 that, straight. That, 11 straight. So that has something to do with it. I mean, right. you know, you can't stop what other teams do, but there are some warts on the Red Sox. Um, there's two things. When you look at uh, low-scoring games, it's, you know, their inability to score with you know runners a uh, runner at third and less than or fewer than two outs mm-hmm. you know and that's been an issue the whole year and, uh, uh, and back in 2019 as well yeah the other day they were they entered that game where they first and second inning they had awesome opportunities to to score runs off charlie morton and uh they entered that game with a 559 ops uh with runners in scoring position and so you know, you look at it, they're just not doing enough. And I think that core appreciates, you know, making contact and everything. And, you know, uh, and it's important because, you know, the, I mean, these games, are, there is a, offense is at a premium this year. The pitching is better. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to hit. So if you reach a certain level of runs, I mean, it's not like you have to score seven runs to win. I think it's like the Red Sox have only lost three times and they've scored over, you know, four runs or four or more runs. And so... Yeah, if you ground into a double play or, or you ground into a fielder's choice and score that run, it's it's still important, especially this year, you know, where, where runs are at a premium. And um, the other thing is Bogarts. I mean, like, he's a guy that makes contact, and, you know, J.D.'s a guy that makes contact. And, and those guys, you know, in those situations, they have to come through. And yep. Bogarts has not come through. Uh, he did come through last night. He had a little ground ball to third base that, uh, Verdugo scored on, but mm-hmm. he had struck out in two big situations with runners at third and less and fewer than two outs uh, in the in the past couple of weeks. And I saw a stat about that. I think he was like 0 for 4 or 1 for 4 before, or last night made him 1 for 4. I don't know, but he's got to do the job the middle of the order because you know there are people there there are people that aren't going to be able to do it at the bottom of the lineup. I mean, can you fault? 
uh, Renfro and Dahlbach, if they don't make contact in those situations, they only make contact so much percentage of the time anyway. I mean, I think Renfro's actually been one of the better guys in those situations. The core has been praising him throughout. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a big issue. And when, you know, who, who would have thought that offense would be the issue we were talking about for this team? There, there's more that we'll get to. But today, there was actually some news on an off day, a little bit surprising timing. But uh, Frankie Cordero goes down to the Woo Sox. He's the second notable position player in the last few days. Michael Chavis was off in the other day. We'll get to that. But, you know, I think it comes down to this. Frankie Cordero, we saw that monster home run the other day. He's hitting 179. He started, I think, four of the last 11 games before the off day. So once the series player and, and with Danny Santana on the roster, Christian Arroyo back, Kike Hernandez back. Um, there just wasn't room. It seems like to me, you know, it's not going to be Jaron Duran. I think it's going to be a pitcher, maybe Colton Brewer, or Brandon Brennan who comes up here, but just for a guy like Franchi, he needs at bats and the triple A season is going on. They'll have a spot for him in the lineup every day. And I think that that's the rationale there. Yeah. I mean, Cordero wasn't getting at bats against right-handed pitchers, you know, right. and, and, um, in Cora, I believe on uh, on um, OMF the other day, referred to him as a bench player, right? Mm-hmm. Like a guy they're using off the bench. And so, you know, he wasn't starting. The goal coming into the year was for him to be a platoon player in the outfield and to start against, you know, all right-handed starting pitchers. And mm-hmm. you know, that hadn't that hadn't been happening of, of late. And so, um, I think it'll be a good opportunity. He has had a better month of May than even though the stats might not like the. You know, the main stats might not show it. But yeah, he has had a better... way down, right? Yeah, so um, if he gets to Pawtucket, I mean, <laughs> Worcester. <laughs> Good, he'll get it eventually. <laughs> if he gets to Worcester and, you know, he gets at bats every day, which he's going to, um, you know, maybe that confidence, he gets into a groove, maybe that confidence builds and, you know, you gain some momentum and you come back up and start hitting. You know, it's, it's a great thing. That's why a lot of... Um, you know, prospects are brought up in the middle of the year. Uh, like, you know, Will Middlebrooks, for instance, like this guy was smashing the heck out of the ball in 2012. And, you know, he came up in the middle of the year and, you know, he just kept that momentum going. That's that's something we're probably going to see with Duran, you know, mm-hmm. eventually this year. Get him as hot as possible and then get him into a major league lineup. And that's something that they're probably trying to do here with, with Franchi. It's like, you know, get him where he's feeling good get him where he's actually, you know, getting hits and, and not striking out as much and, and, you know, feeling good about himself and then, you know, get him into the major league lineup again. And it's always, you know, I, I have to always give this PSA because people, you know, look at what Ben Attendee's doing. I know he, he homered on the uh, Fenway video board last night, as you tweeted out during the rain delay, we saw an Andrew Ben Attendee homer uh, for the Royals, but people are quick to think of this as a one for one deal. This is your weekly, maybe, uh, you know, even more frequent than weekly reminder that it was not a one-for-one. The Red Sox are still do three prospects as well as acquiring Josh Winkowski in that deal. So they ended up getting five players for Ben Attendee. The jury is very much out on uh, the result of that deal, but, uh, you know, the Franchi part of it has not gone well so far. Yeah, Winskowski has done a really good job at Portland so far. Um, you know, he has a ERA in the ones after four starts. Uh, he's definitely someone that's interesting. He had a velocity spike, um, you know, at Fallen Strucks last year. But when he was with, at that point, what was who was he with? Toronto. I guess was he with Toronto at Fallen mm-hmm. Strucks or was it? Uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know you look at the three players coming back, and that's going to happen soon. Uh, and so yeah, I mean, Franchi is not part of that. You know, it's not the big piece in that deal. Plus, 
uh, although they, they do like Frenchie a lot, you know, yeah. and they think that he can be a good player. And, you know, he's a prototypical player that, uh, you know, this, the stat guys would like, you know, because he hits the ball a million feet and stuff like that. But um, Ben Attendee, uh, Red Sox stats made an interesting po- uh, point when I tweeted out something. As they often do. <laughs> Whoever it is. Uh, could be, it could be Cotillo. It's no, not, it no, can't not be that smart. I'm not that smart. Uh, he made a, an interesting point. Like, you know, uh, I, I, you know, the, the Kansas City Royals manager with Matheny was, you know, talking about how, you know, well, Ben Attendee was hitting in May and how his average, you know, is coming is like one of the best in, in the American league in May. And that's great and everything, but he hasn't really hit for much. And I tweeted out that he hasn't really hit for much power at all. You know, I mean, like we saw that home run yesterday, but that was only his mm-hmm. thir- third or fourth home run. And, uh, he's not hitting doubles. He's just basically a singles hitter right now. And, and um, yeah. And so I think, you know, what, what Red Sox stats made the point was, you know, the Red Sox felt like he could get back to that, that level of, of being a good, but they didn't think that, you know, they probably were banking on the fact that he wasn't going to be a five war player per season again. Right. And, and, you know, and, and that's true. I mean, he isn't even at one, you know, he, I don't I think he's like a half a war right now, yeah, you know, point four. so 0. 0.4. So it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, he's doing well. He's, he's hitting the ball, but it's not like he's, you know, the impact of, of a number seven player in the draft. Yeah. It's 283 with a 718 OPS as we record this three homers, five doubles. Uh, and looks like, quick math 38 singles so uh, 38 singles out of his 45 hits so yeah that's, that's uh, a lot of singles that's right so batting average aside the other numbers uh not too much but uh he's still in the majors franchi cordero is not we'll, we'll move on and talk about another guy that just made his red Sox debut on friday homeward twice in philly danny santana he is uh much like i said about marlon gonzalez earlier in the year playing a lot more than i thought he would uh he seems to be uh, in there every day and it's kind of a nice guessing game of where he's going to play where Kike's going to play where marwin's going to play uh because they can kind of be shifted wherever alex Bora wants them on any given day do you think danny santana is an impactful player who can uh actually kind of be a legitimate starter for this team yeah i um i was surprised the other day in philadelphia when he hit that home run it looked looked like an effortless home run right the first yeah. home run that he hit mm-hmm. to right i mean he's just like I mean, that Even was the oppo one did too. Yeah. And so like, he looks like, you know, he has legit power and, you know, last time we saw him healthy and, you know, playing a full season was 2019 when he hit what 28 home runs, I think it was for the Rangers. And yep. before that, that was, that was an outlier year, um, you know, but players figure it out. So maybe they're getting more of the 2019 version than they are the 2018, 2017, 2016 version of, of Danny Santana. He had, he had 13 um, homers in his first 364 games and then 28 in the next 130. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, players figure it out. I mean, yeah, we saw that with JD Martinez, right. <laughs> David Ortiz. We're not uh, compared, Christian, we're Vasquez, not... Christian Vasquez power numbers are my favorite. We're going to look those up. I mean, this guy can go on a hot streak though, anytime, you know, right. Christian Vasquez, but anyway, yeah. I mean, like, you know, you look at it and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a, a 20 home run hitter this year, but um, I, I think he's a better player than Marvin Gonzalez. And I think so, too. Know, arguably, Kike, Kike Hernandez. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, 
you know, I, I just looking at him, you know, quickly, I mean, he's got a couple home runs, triple, looks like an exciting player. If he can, you know, even be somewhat near that 2019 mark, then he's better than, you know, having a Marvin Gonzalez out there every day. And I'm not, that's no knock on Marvin Gonzalez. It's just that, yeah. <laughs> it's just that he needs, you know, he's like, um, you know, it's like with Brock Hopelade every day, he's a little exposed, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, when, when, um, Dustin Maduro went on the DL in 2016 for, for an extended period. Uh, Holt was playing second base every day. And he wasn't as valuable. And I think that's, you can say that the same thing with, with Marwin, who's, you know, gets a little exposed when he plays every day. Yeah. And he has been, I mean, those guys are in the lineup every day. We've seen Marwin kind of get unplugged here for a couple of days or, or hasn't seemed to be. Um, it seems like Danny Santana is going to take some of bats away from him. Uh, let's talk about the bullpen a little bit. Um, because I feel like it has been generally more steady than it was earlier on. Um, you know, Matt Barnes is the big story. Matt Barnes is obviously the, uh, been a superstar. He'll probably make the all-star team. Adam Adovino has been up and down, but seems like lately he's kind of hitting a, a groove there as well. Darwinson had a couple big outs in Philly. Josh Taylor has been excellent in May. Um, so where do you see this bullpen right now? Do you feel like they're, finally kind of coming into their own kind of getting the structure after some bumps in the road. Yeah. Early May was a, you know, early first couple of weeks of May was a really difficult uh, stretch yeah. for them. Obviously they had a pretty good April. Um, you know, Barnes has just amazed me like crazy this year. You know, I just, he's just a totally different type of pitcher. And I always thought Barnes had, you know, elite stuff. He just didn't throw strikes and, right. you know, he didn't, he didn't, have as enough confidence in his stuff as he does right now. And so, um, but, you know, you have to look at the fact that he's always been a better first half pitcher too. So, you know, there could be some regression, mm-hmm. obviously, in the second half. Um, Ottavino's look better. Uh, you know, he's the big thing with him is, you know, first hitter and throwing strikes, you know. I think like almost half the time that the first bat is reached against him. Josh Taylor's looked a lot better. Uh, you know. The key there is using him in short stints, it seems. I mean, like the guy's got good stuff. He, you know, I mean, he showed it in 2019, and so you know, um, he looks like good right now. I'd like to see the strikeout numbers up a little bit, but you know, he's not getting as many strikeouts. But still, I mean, he looks he's looked good. Darnson, I mean, that emotion that he showed on the mound in Philadelphia that was big. You know that 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 was cool. You know, and and yeah. um, you know, it shows that he's really into it and. Um, you know, he seems like he's throwing more strikes right now than, than he was, mm-hmm. even though he hit that batter. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, that. yeah. But then, you know, you look at it and it's always fairly easy to pick up a bullpen piece at the deadline without giving up too much. And, right. you know, you're not going to have to give up a top prospect. And, you know, and you also look at it and there are some guys in, in uh, you know, Worcester that, you know, could come up. Uh, you know, Brandon Workman being one of them, one run in five innings. I know his, uh, stri- uh, his walks have been up a little bit, four, four walks, I think, in five innings. But he's one, Caleb Caleb Wart. Is that how you pronounce the last name? Wart. It's O-R-T. It's not very hard to pronounce. Yeah, I said Wart. Wart, all right. Well, you asked me how to pronounce it. I mean, it's the simplest yeah, name well, ever. Never heard it pronounced before. But, yeah, um, you know, they have, they have some people down at, at, at uh, Worcester that, um, you know, are able to come up too. So uh, it should be interesting. It should be interesting to see who this move is for Franchi because it probably will be a reliever. Chris Hatfield just made a good point on, I think he, he 
uh, attributed you to getting the uh, the move of um, who Ryan was it? Brazier. Ryan Brazier. Brazier. <laughs> right. yeah. And uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's going to have to come off the the uh, sixty day IL, and so they're going to have to open up a forty man roster spot at that point. So it's it's likely going to be somebody off the forty man <laughs> roster. It's not going to be you know, you said Duran or Munez or somebody like that. Yeah, I think it's probably Colton Brewer. That, that could happen the next, probably before this even uh, goes up. But Colton Brewer looks like it'll be the move for um, Frankie. In terms of the bullpen, you mentioned Warkman, you mentioned Ort, a couple other guys. Uh, Gonsalves is a guy that could come up and be a lefty reliever. I know they like him with Bizardo down. He would be your first your first choice, always Christmas first choice, Eduardo Bizardo. Um, Kevin McCarthy still down there. And, and, you know, Austin Bryce, Marcus Walden. Now, there's some guys that have, really helped the Red Sox in the past. Uh, not Austin Bryce, he didn't, but Marcus Walden, uh, you know, was a, was a good uh, major league pitcher in 19. Brandon Workman was probably the best reliever in the majors in 19, so they do have some options there. A couple more topics to get to. Uh, quick previewing, you know, what's next for us. On Sunday, I'll be heading down to Houston. You'll be going to New York the week after. Two pretty big series for the Red Sox. Alex Cora's first time back in Houston since everything went down. I think it's going to be a full house down there. Um I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what the reaction is just because it seems like, um, you know, from what I've heard, Astros fans seem to think Alex Cora was kind of the ringleader and it was his fault and their players were innocent and all that type of stuff. So I can see him getting a pretty icy reaction down at Minute Maid. Well, that's what their players probably led their fans to believe. That's right? right. And, you know, yeah. so yeah, go on. Well, you know, yeah, I was going to say, and potentially league investigators. His, like you know, has his core really got anything on the road this year? I mean, I I know in that Texas, in Texas it. they they maybe boot a little bit. I didn't really hear too much. I know Pete, you know, was there next to me and he pointed it out. Um, but uh, you know, he really hasn't got much. I and mean, maybe that's because most of the parks haven't been full. I mean, you yeah. know, all the parks haven't been full. Texas uh, was the only park that was full. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it should be interesting to see what kind of a reaction he gets. Um, you know, I think looking at this situation more and i know we don't want to get into the whole astros cheating scandal here but i think um core got a little bit of a raw deal <laughs> where you know they were giving players immunity and mm-hmm. you know and they weren't giving you know coaches immunity and and uh and you know the players you know probably threw them under the bus a little bit well why, why wouldn't you blame a guy that if he's suspended it hurts one of your rivals you know yeah yeah like i mean i'm not i, I don't know that's what happened but it just seems, and, it seems easy yeah and you know and Coors handled the situation i mean like it's funny like you know you, you think that he wouldn't want to talk about it and stuff and he's brought it up like multiple times on his own this year right. you know like even when he was talking about his his daughter graduating from high school the other day he's like you know, I had to answer questions to her about the Astros situation. And, you know, when he was talking about his brother, Joey, I mean, no one even asked him about that situation, the cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. Just like, and he's like, you know, I felt bad for Joey. He brought that up. You know, he's like, I felt bad for Joey because, you know, people would associate him or stuff, or I didn't want people to associate him with this whole thing too. And, and so, um, Cora's like really been, um, transparent about, this whole situation and and um i think he's done a really good job and that makes that makes fewer questions asked about it right yeah yeah and and i think 
you know, there's, there's books that are going to come out and that'll be the next thing. And, and we'll see how that goes. But, um, It'll be interesting to see what Houston is like. And, and, and even more important than that, it's an important stretch for the Red Sox going to Houston and then going to New York. We'll close with this. Uh, they're 1-15 in 15 at the Yankee Stadium in the last two years. So that's 1-15 in 15 since they clinched the ALDS there. Pretty good stretch for them in September and October 2018 at Yankee Stadium. They clinched the division uh, on a weeknight right before we had a 5 a.m. flight to Cleveland. Never forget that. And uh, then they, in October, obviously, they won the ALDS there and um, – Ever since, it's been horrible. One in 15. You know, everybody knows that the Yankees are good. Everybody knows it's a tough tough place to play, especially if it's going to be back to, you know, full capacity or near it. That's uh, that's a kind of, for the first time they're playing them, it's kind of a litmus test, don't you think? Yeah, it's a litmus test for certain players, you know. Like, you know, Barnes has always struggled at Yankee Stadium, and he's having his most dominant season. He's also struggled at Houston. And so, um, you know, it should be interesting to see how these guys perform. Um, yeah, I think that they just need to get good starting pitching. Um, you know, right now we're looking at, you know, the potential. The Red Sox take Chris Sales going to come back at some point this year. Um, they're basically a rotation of number twos and threes and fours. And they've been fine. But, you know, in a tight ball game, are they going to be fine at Yankee Stadium? Um, you know, let's look at that bullpen that we say is, is kind of taking some, some shape right now and see how, you know, uh, Ottavino and different guys uh, pitch in high leverage situations that are really high leverage against the Yankees with the division online and, you know, a bunch of fans, you know, in that stadium because it is a difficult place to play. We've seen that before. And, you know, you just have to look at like, Matt Barnes numbers, you know, just – it's just not an easy place to pitch. Well, that'll be Chris Smith will be in New York. I'll be in Houston. Lots of big games ahead for the Red Sox. That's the Fenway Rundown, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in.